Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you won't want to miss. It's a live show. You could call us at 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. We are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can give them a call at 630-928-0510, or check out their website, which is jam-packed with a ton of resource content and information, tandemhr. Dot com. So joining me here in studio is somebody that I actually, I think I, I, think I know you. Uh, I think I've seen you around before. It's actually my father. It's Moshe Klein, uh, president and CEO of Moshe Klein & Associates, an affordable bookkeeping and accounting firm. Uh, and it's a pleasure to have you here in studio. You've never actually come out and visited me here in the past. No, probably because I haven't been invited. But uh, one mystery is solved. At least I now know where you are every Sunday night and why you can't stay for dinner. That's very true. Very, very true. So you've been in the world of accounting for a long time. In fact, longer than I've been alive. And um, you've worked with a lot of different businesses and a lot of different clients. Tell us a little bit about today who you work with. Well, Shalom, first of all, it's great to be here. You've got a wonderful show, and I, I enjoy it every Sunday night. It's glad to be, I'm glad to be a part of it uh, here this evening. We work primarily uh, with small businesses, and yes, small business did exist before you were born. <laughs> I've been uh, in business since 1982, and uh, right now we uh, offer small businesses uh, bookkeeping, accounting, tax, and payroll services. We do that very affordably, by the way. And you are not like other accountants in the sense of their uh, sometimes outrageous hourly hourly fees. Um, you don't charge by the hour. How do you bill? And when you talk about affordable, that's a term that's knocked around quite a bit. What is affordable? What should a small business be looking for in terms of fees? Well, first of all, uh, we never charge hourly fees. We charge a flat monthly rate. Uh, it's been my belief and continues to be my belief that you shouldn't pay your accountant more than you yourself are earning. Our fees start at $99 a month, and that includes full bookkeeping and accounting services. Well, that's uh, that's a good deal. And, um, and there's a lot of different businesses. Um, like they say, no, no fingerprint is alike. No business is alike. Every business is unique in terms of their needs. How is it possible to provide a prepackaged sort of a, a model of a service and and provide the outcomes, the reports that, that every business needs um, for both a restaurant and a dry cleaner and perhaps many other types of services. Perhaps tell us a little bit about how you got to that business model and uh, and how and what businesses can expect from that service. Well, that's a great question. It took us about um, 35 years. I think we finally figured it out. Uh, <laughs> while no two businesses are alike, bookkeeping is fundamentally the same for all small businesses. So not only do we do it, I think, very well, uh, very professionally, uh, we, we uh, set aggressive but achievable objectives for each of our uh, clients but uh, we have developed some proprietary software that helps us along the way. Basically, that software 
automates a, a good chunk of the bookkeeping uh, process. So we're able to have less people working at the firm, uh, producing more uh, bookkeeping results for more clients. So as we talk today, we're at the end of August of 2016. Um, August is certainly, uh, we feel it in the temperature today that summer is, is quickly coming to an end, which uh, for some of us, that's exciting. For some of us, that's depressing. Um, but we are not quite in the uh, in the winter season. It's not quite cold, and it's not quite tax season. Why are, why are you here? Why are you talking to us about bookkeeping and accounting now? Why is it important that businesses pay attention to these issues at this time? That's also a great question, Shalom. As you know, um, one of the things that we see uh, probably more often than we'd like to are uh, small businesses that come to us uh, that uh, don't have any bookkeeping processes in place. We work exclusively with QuickBooks, uh, but we know that uh, there are many other software applications. There are clients that come to us even in August, even in September, even in October, that have no bookkeeping in place, uh, not only for the current fiscal year, but for prior years as well. The message, uh, or one of the most important things that I'd like to communicate today is that if you don't have um, a bookkeeping process in place, whether you do it in-house or outsource it to an organization like ours, there's thousands of them across the country, um, it's it's not too late, and it's not very expensive, and it's not very complicated, and uh, I highly recommend it. It's professional advice to your listening audience. And I know, uh, obviously, we're rapidly approaching the third quarter of the year, so certainly uh, that is uh, this is a timely conversation um, for businesses and business owners to be uh, to be paying attention to these issues. Um, so uh, once again, we're chatting with my father, actually, Moshe Klein of Moshe Klein and Associates, mkabusiness.com. Um, we'll be sure to share more contact information in just a few minutes. But um, I'm, I'm curious, uh, you, there's a great business model over here, and, and obviously you're not sacrificing on the quality uh, of the services provided and that's because of, and you alluded to it uh, earlier, the 35 years of experience that is, uh, for, for some of our listeners that don't know me yet, that's longer than I have been around. But 35 years, that's a lot of experience. Tell us a little bit about how, uh, how you've gotten to this place and why business owners should trust you with what's uh, their deepest, darkest secrets um, that they've been hiding away, sometimes not in such an organized uh, manner. Well, I consider myself very much like a doctor, a doctor of finance in a sense. When somebody has uh, something that they're uh, not comfortable with physically, an ailment of some sorts, they really have to go to a doctor, get professional advice, be diagnosed, and really open up to that doctor fully in order to get the proper diagnosis and, and treatment. It's really no different in our field of, of bookkeeping and accounting, finance, and credit. Um, businesses come to us all the time. I really sometimes think I've seen it all, and then yet something new comes in that uh, surprises me a bit, but it doesn't scare me. We have businesses that come to us uh, that have never filed a tax return for 10 or more years. We have uh, businesses that are still saving receipts in shopping bags. Uh, what You mean you're not supposed to do that? Uh, well, we hope that you save it in a shopping bag, but put it into some better uh, 
uh, a receptacle before you get it to our Duly office. Duly noted. Duly but, noted. But believe it or not, we still do work with clients uh, with a smile on our face that come into the office with a shopping bag filled with receipts. Well, for our listeners in the city of Chicago, shopping bags are no longer encouraged. <laughs> it's paper, uh, no longer any plastic. So uh, so just uh, sharing uh, important regulation and, and important updates. So uh, we are quickly running out of time, but uh, once again, chatting with Moshe Klein, my father, Moshe Klein and Associates, will be sure to share contact information momentarily. One bit of advice, Moshe, that you want to share with our listeners that if they really don't know anything about bookkeeping, accounting, taxes that they should implement this week before the end of August, what should they do either in business or in accounting? Well, reach out and try and make contact with a bookkeeper or an accountant. Uh, if you uh, uh, haven't done so yet, it's not too late. And be honest and ask uh, that professional for advice. What should I do if this is the situation I'm in right now? Uh, don't put it off any longer. That's the best advice. Don't I delay. Don't delay. Don't delay. So uh, you provided some great tips, great information, uh, certainly explained a little bit about your experience and obviously talked a lot about the unique uh, services, uh, affordable services that uh, the firm provides for bookkeeping and accounting. Uh, for small businesses. So how can our uh, listeners reach you to learn more and continue the conversation? Well, everyone is welcome to call. We take calls 24-6. We're closed on Saturday, and I can be reached at Moshe, M-O-S-H-E, at mkabusiness.com, and our toll-free number is 888-432-8187. And our website is www.mkabusiness.com. Okay, fantastic. 888-432-8187, mkabusiness.com. Thank you so much for finally visiting me here in studio. Um, We'll be sure to have you back before the uh, beginning of tax season. Coming up, we have Linda Nichols, a returning guest, who's going to talk to us a little bit about some of the things that recent grads um, should know on an interview. And questions that companies interviewing recent grads should know. You're listening to the Act on the Business. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer from the AM560 Traffic Center. Taking a look at your Chicagoland roadways, Eden's inbound, Lake Cook to Montrose, taking to 21, it's 27, out to Lake Cook. Kennedy headed in O'Hare to downtown, 40 for Montrose is 26, outbound, it's going to be 16 to Montrose, 34 out to the airport, express lanes open at 17. Eisenhower inbound, Thorndale to the circle, 39 for Mannheim is 22, uh, at Mannheim you do have the fire and police department on the left lane of the ramp there, right lane is blocked off. Eisenhower headed outbound, half an hour to Mannheim, 42 to Thorndale, Stevenson in Inbound 355 to Lakeshore Drive, 28 from the Tri-State taking 18 outbound. Back to the uh, Tri-State 31 out to 355 is 41. Dan Ryan headed in 95th and downtown 22, 18 out to 95th. I-57 Bishop Ford, fine. Lakeshore Drive, no uh, unusual problems going on there. Uh, our next update is going to be in 15 minutes and AM 560. The answer. You wake up in the morning and you want to know what's going on. And what happened while you were asleep? You could grab your smartphone and wade through endless cat videos. <laughs> or you could listen to that other radio station, you know, that's talking about last night's ball game. Any records for starting pitchers matter anymore? 
Or you could turn on Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson and get up to speed fast with the latest news, traffic, and weather on AM560, The Answer. Hi there, I'm Dick Smith from the Playmaker Spotlight. Every day I speak with successful CEOs and they share many of the same issues you do. You might feel a bit isolated, perhaps lonely at the top, wishing you could get some fresh thinking and perspectives on challenges you face. Well, this is where I come in. I'm a CEO coach and award-winning chair for Vistage International, an organization of successful executives. I invite you to check out one of my peer advisory groups. Let me answer any of your questions at Dick. Dot Smith at VistageChair.com. CARES is a nonprofit social service organization who values the importance of human resource needs. CARES provides an oasis of acceptance and support to women facing unplanned pregnancy. As a nonprofit, CARES has limited resources, but by partnering with Tandem HR, they have access to so much more. If you need time to focus on running and growing your organization, call Tandem HR. Tandem HR serves as your one stop, high touch HR solution. Call 630 928 or visit tandemhr.com. Want to see what you'd look like if you had a flatter belly? Now's your chance. Because for a limited time, we're giving away free trials of Somabiotics, the new discovery that flattens bloated bellies fast. But hurry and... With, by Linda Nichols, YMC Solutions. And Linda, um, anytime you open a newspaper, anytime you open a magazine, uh, one of the terms floated around are millennials and recent grads, and everybody's talking about how they are the... Uh, the, the strangest of creatures, but yet uh, as, as strange as they are, we want them so badly in the workforce. So, Linda, uh, as much as we want them, we also need to make sure that they're the right fit and they have the right culture. Linda, thanks for joining us again on Get Down to Business. Thank you, Shalom. Glad to be here again. Um, yes, you are correct. They can be very challenging to um understand, ascertain their capabilities and their lack of capabilities. And so I've researched um, in talking to other recruiters, other human resource professionals, hiring managers, I've researched some of the key questions and discussion points that can be used in uh, interviewing recent grads and um, those even really um, people who are returning to the workforce after, after perhaps being gone. And these discussion points and questions are all designed to bring out, they're behavioral and scenario-based, and, and they're really designed to bring out um, and identify personality traits like initiative, leadership, flexibility, integrity, teamwork, all the things that we want to know a person has when we hire them um, but when someone has very limited real-world experience to draw upon, you, you, you have to pull it out of other areas. Absolutely. So, Linda, it's fascinating. I've, I, I've heard about this in the past, and I've heard about some of these sort of scenario-type questions that employers are asking, especially of recent grads, as you mentioned, because most of these recent grads don't have a lot of real-world experience to draw upon. So asking strange questions, I've, I've heard things like, uh, I actually have a family member that was asked a uh, question, if there was an elephant in a bathtub in your house, how would you, how would you get rid of it? And it, I know you're chuckling right now, but that really, he was asked that question in an interview. And is there ever a, a correct question? I guess I, I'm, I'm curious. We have recent grads listening to the show today. What should they know? How should they prepare for these interviews? That's 
that's a wonderful question, too. They, they should prepare by trying to think through and analyze how their education uh, and their internships, if they've had one, their class projects or volunteer work or even part-time jobs, whatever they were doing, how that could apply to the real world, to the profession that they're trying to get into. Um, I, love, I, I love the elephant question. That's very, very creative, and that would be a great acid test for problem solving. <laughs> and I know that you, you've, you've heard from candidates that you've worked with in the past as well as from companies that you've worked with about so many other questions, many, as you alluded to a moment ago, um, having to do with sort of trying to dwell out uh, trying to draw out uh, as many of the, as much of the information regarding recent internships. I talk to job uh, folks in in job transition and folks trying to get their first job all the time, as you know, Linda. And and often recent grads or, or high school seniors or college seniors, they tell me, "Well, I haven't done anything." Yeah, right. You've done a lot, and you just need to figure out who you are. So that's on the job seeker side, Linda. I want to switch to the employer side for a second of the companies that are actively recruiting these millennials and and recent grads everybody wants this young talent uh, it, it sounds like from our recent conversations you believe that a company needs to figure out before they post a job what exactly they're looking for and perhaps that can lead to the interview questions am i am i correct in making that assumption Absolutely. Uh, as always, no matter what level of person you're hiring, a well-written job description is crucial. Um, in the case with hiring entry level, though, you have to take it one step further and figure out what do you want this person to do? What, where are your expectations? You know you can't expect them to perform at a five-year experience level or even a two-year experience level, but what do you want them to do? And the way you can draw out some of this information that can help qualify people is to ask them some specific but some very broad-based questions. What, what was your favorite class and why? What was your least favorite class and why? Um, tell me about the internships that you had or a class project that would demonstrate what knowledge you gained from your education that you could apply on my job. Is there a right or wrong answer to any of these questions? A non-answer would be a wrong answer. Oh, that, that moment <laughs> of silence is, and, and I, I completely agree with that. I, I know that when I have these, call it informational interviews with, with candidates that are asking for my advice, and I ask them, so who are you? You know, what's your dream job? I always ask that question, what's your dream job? Because I really want to hear the answer. And I have to say, Linda, believe it or not, actually get that that total dead dead air as we say on the radio dead silence and that's when i know this gal or, or guy needs to do a little bit more work in figuring things out well and asking what your dream job is a little bit akin to saying um tell me about yourself it, it could be so big of a question that it's almost overwhelming <laughs> so the questions for fresh grads, you try to ratchet them down a little bit. I'll give you an example. Um, you can start with, by looking at the resume, so did you belong to a sorority or a fraternity? Um, if you did, what kinds of activities did you participate in? And by the way, what was your role in those activities? So 
I would be looking for uh, the candidate to tell me what kind of a leadership position they took, if that was a quality that was really important for my job that I'm hiring for. Or I could ask them about, have you done any volunteer work? What kind and what was your role? Uh, give me an example of what you feel you accomplished. What was your contribution? Um, you know, another, another really great question is, again, we're trying to ask situational questions where we can get the candidate to tell us what they did. So give me an example of a situation where you went above and beyond what was required of you. What was the motivating factor that made you react that way? That one is a true testament of where the person, um, where, where not only where their thinking is, but that they are very, very goal-oriented and they are accomplishment-oriented. That, that makes sense. Once again, we're chatting with Linda Nichols of IMC Solutions. Truly a resource on, uh, on, on well, jobs in general. Uh, but when we talk about uh, candidates um, in, in really any industry, uh, but also talking about employers and what they're looking for, uh, Linda really has her finger on the pulse in, in terms of hearing what the most recent uh, trends are. So speaking of recent trends, as we, uh, as we quickly run out of time, uh, Linda, often these, uh, especially larger companies, are, uti- are utilizing what they call the ATS, the automated tracking systems, um, in the actual application. So how important is are these interviewing questions? Wouldn't that ATS screen out candidates that are not qualified already? An ATS will only screen out or filter out candidates depending on the question that you as the employer set up. So while an ATS system can, uh, or or even Monster or any of the career boards, can offer you, the posting employer, some suggested questions, if you really want to drill down to some of these questions that I just ran through, you would have to write those in yourself. Ah. So. If you wanted to identify um, a candidate's writing skills, you would want to ask them a scenario-based question that makes them tell you a story. That's great. Linda Nichols, VIMC Solutions, it's always a pleasure having you on the show, and we'll be sure to have you back on for, uh, for more of the tips and information that you always have to share with us. But, Linda, in the meantime, you shared a lot of great advice about the interviewing process, both for candidates as well as for employers. How can our listeners reach you if they want to discuss this further? Thank you. Um, Candidates and employers can reach us at 630-637-6200, or they can email me at lnichols at imcsolutions.com, and I'll spell that L-N-I-C-H-O-L-L-S at imcsolutions.com. Fantastic, and a great website it is, imcsolutions.com. After these important headlines, we'll be talking some more about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You can always download podcasts on my website, shalomkline.com. In the meantime, Chicago, don't touch the dial because we have so much more content and information for you after the break. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. It's back. The biggest conservative event in the Midwest returns. This One of the things I love doing um, almost more than anything in the entire world is being involved in community. And our listeners know this. 
I love it. I preach about it all the time, uh, trying to convince others to do the same thing. But I want to take a few minutes now to try to clarify and try to explain why it is actually in my best interest professionally to do that. And I'm not just saying that for myself. I'm trying to share this with all of you business owners, with all of you entrepreneurs that are out there, um, because I believe that you can do the same thing and I believe it can benefit and you could actually profit off of it. How is that possible that you're going to be involved in community, getting involved in activities that will take you away from the office, that will take you away from your professional responsibilities that you might actually need to donate financially to um, instead of actually making money? Why, you may ask, uh, why will that actually help you professionally? Let me explain. So um, by getting involved in organizations that you care about, organizations that uh, that you're passionate about, and I, I use that term, the P word intentionally, that passion word um, intentionally, don't try to get involved in an organization uh, regarding the arts if you know nothing about the arts. Don't get involved in in uh, an organization dealing with rescuing dogs, if you're allergic to dogs, those probably aren't going to be the best places for you to spend your time. But if you're passionate about something, find that organization and network your way in. Get involved. Find ways to be involved. That means, yes, going to events, likely in the beginning, whether it's a fundraiser. I, I alluded to that earlier about possibly writing a check. Yes, this will cost you because you're going to be donating to a cause that you are indeed passionate about, go to that event and make a point of trying to reach somebody, trying to talk to somebody in a leadership role. Depending on the size of the organization, you might be able to talk with the uh, program director, with the executive director, with the CEO, with the chairman of the board. I'm going to talk to you in a moment about boards, and I want to share that with you. Uh, in just a few minutes, but find make a point of introducing yourself to them. Always, 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 our listeners know this, always have business cards with you and introduce yourself and be ready for that introduction. You're going to go over to that person of some level of importance at that event that you probably have never been to in the past. It's a brand new function for you. It's a brand new cause for you. You're going to go over and you're going to have your elevator pitch ready and you're going to say, you know, Bob, it's so nice to meet you. I've actually been a big fan of your organization for a long time, um, and it's such a pleasure to be here. This is my first time at the event, but gosh, you guys are doing great work. I'd love to be involved in any way possible. And ex- say those last few words with an incredible amount of passion. Passion sells. Passion sells in business. Business owners know this. If you talk about uh, accounting services like you heard my father talk about Earlier in the program, you talk about interviewing questions like you heard Linda Nichols talk about a few minutes ago. That is contagious. People want to hear that sort of talk. And if you talk about why you're interested in the Humane Society, why you're interested in the Arts Museum that we talked about earlier, that will sell. That CEO, that executive director, that program director, that chairman of the board will, if they have any, uh, if they have any level of professionalism and they really care about the organization, if they're passionate about the organization that they've chosen to serve, what they will do is they will grab your business card and they will say, you know, Mr. Whomever, Mrs. Whomever, I'm so happy you came here tonight. 
with your permission, I'll follow up with you or I'll have somebody follow up with you to tell you how you can be involved. Because every organization, regardless of the size, regardless of how successful they might be, they always need more volunteers. They always need more people to get involved. And that is your window of opportunity. At that point, you're going to get involved. Hopefully, you're going to get a phone call. Always ask at that point of that initial conversation. Ask for their business card. Chances are we'll have their cell phone number. Chances are we'll have their email address. At the end of the evening, send them a follow-up note and say, what a lovely evening it was. It was such a pleasure meeting you. I'd love to grab a cup of coffee as a follow-up to our conversation and discover ways that I can get involved. After the break, I'm going to share with you the next steps from there, what you're going to do and how you're going to continue to be involved, what you're going to do after that cup of coffee, which again, I'd encourage you not to wing it, not just to assume that everything will just go smoothly and every the conversation will, will, will flow nicely as it should. Instead, you're going to need to prepare and you're going to need to talk about why and how you got involved in that organization and why you registered an RSVP for that specific event or fundraiser. But it's very important. This is what we call networking your way in. Again, in just a few moments, I'm going to share with you how you're going to leverage that conversation to get involved. And more importantly, what you're going to do from there to make sure you can stay involved and so you can benefit from the network of connections that are no doubt involved, other members of boards of directors, other key volunteers and other key professionals that likely will be beneficial for you professionally. So once again, get involved in organizations that you are passionate about and leverage those connections. Take them to the next level. I'll be sharing more tips with you on that subject in just a moment after the break. In the meantime, remember that Get Down to Business is powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them online at tandemhr.com. They have a great blog, by the way. Great new post this past week, tandemhr.com, or giving them a call at 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. Tell them Shalom sent you from Get Down to Business. They'll take very good care of you, I promise. After the break, we're going to be continuing the discussion about getting involved in community. Don't touch that dial, my friends. AM 560, the answer. So no doubt you've been taking uh, copious notes as I've been sharing with you why you should get involved in organizations and more importantly, how you should get involved in organizations. As I mentioned, organizations that will likely take you away from the office, take you away from the billable hours, take you away from opportunities that will actually make you money. And likely, yes, you're even going to be asked to write a check at the end of the day and support those organizations. So why, uh, you may ask, why would uh, this uh, this radio host of Get Down to Business recommend this to me? It's because of the connections that you will be developing. It's because of the connections that will actually likely produce a return on the investment. Not likely. I'm actually w- willing to make a bet and guarantee it. So I provided uh, some tips on how you should network your way in um, to organizations. I talked about that just a few minutes ago, but continuing that discussion, I want to share with you about how to take things to the next level. So now you've gone to that first event, you've gone to that first fundraiser of an organization that you are passionate about. You've met the CEO, you've met the chairman of the board, you've met somebody of some level of importance, and you came out to that uh, to to a coffee shop. You followed up with them. You've sold them. You have now told them how passionate you are. 
likely uh, they will have told you what the next step is. They want you to volunteer. They want you to sit on the membership committee. Membership committees are a great place to start for many nonprofit organizations. By the way, the same advice holds true for government boards and commissions and committees as well. Uh, These are groups that are often always interested in getting people from the community involved. If you care about a specific issue, unemployment, you care about the arts, you care about pensions, you care about these issues, find a way locally on the state or on the federal level to volunteer your services find ways to network your way in. Um, They're looking for people that are qualified to give that advice. Um, But let's stick to the example of a nonprofit organization. Likely you will have gotten involved on that committee, on uh, those, at those events that you're going to be involved in. You will meet like-minded people, people that also are passionate about the same issues that you are passionate about. These are people that are leveraging the opportunities in the same way that you are. And these are almost for sure people that you otherwise would have never had the opportunity to interact with, never have had the opportunity to meet with, had you not gotten involved in that puppy rescue society, in that organization dealing with the arts in uh, downtown Chicago. These are people, nice people, people that are involved professionally in issues that you want to be involved in too. What we just did, my friends, is we just networked our way in to opportunities and to connections that will actually help us professionally. So yes, you will be asked multiple times probably for a check for a donation. Yes, you will likely have meetings at the most inconvenient of times in the middle of the day when you could be having a business meeting with somebody else. Yes, you will be pulled away from the billable hours and the billable opportunities that would be making you money had you not been involved in that organization. But I'm telling you, and I'm willing to make you a bet, that it will actually produce many times that billable opportunity that you would have had in the office had you not gone to that opportunity, had you not gone to that event. And you need to continue to build and develop those relationships. No, from going to one event and from meeting a few people, that's not going to be a game changer. I talk all the time on this program on Get Down to Business about how all relationships are developed and they're built. You build a business, you build those relationships. Much like when you build a house, it requires time and it requires effort. When you're building and developing these relationships, it does require time and effort and you need to stay involved and you need to stay involved in that organization and you need to follow up with people. Never assume that people will follow up with you. As uh, my friends and family know, I'm fond of saying, I'd rather be the one nudging and following up with other people than having other people having to nudge and follow up with me. And I work really hard every day to do that. So we talked a lot about leveraging and networking. um, But the truth is, as I say so often on this program, follow-up is key, time management is key. Because if you are the one that's dropping the ball on these opportunities, nobody's going to want you to be involved. They're working so hard on behalf of the dogs and on behalf of the the arts that they don't need another... uh, tug at their time, another responsibility to follow up and chase after you. They don't need that uh, additional burden on their shoulders. They want people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and get involved. And trust me, if you get involved in the membership committee, get involved in fundraising money, you get involved in the events, even in volunteering at an event, that will lead to future opportunities. You'll end up on their board of directors. You'll end up chairing their board of directors. You'll end up with a reputation. You'll end up with 
a uh, a brand of of somebody that cares about these issues and people will see how you handle yourself professionally and trust me people will want to work with you they'll want to engage your services they'll want to work with you they'll want to hire you they'll want to be hired by you and the network of relationships are endless those opportunities are endless and it all came about yes as i said before from getting out of the office from missing out on those billable opportunities from taking advantage of volunteer opportunities, donating money, getting involved in community. That is how you build your network professionally. And I do this all the time. It's what I'm most passionate about. And I encourage you to do the same as well as you get back into the workplace this week. Uh, get Down to Business, once again, powered by Tandem HR, your solution center. Find them, tandemhr.com, or call them 630-928-0510. But also get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where I post a ton of these tips and information for you, networking tips, uh, opportunities, uh, events like this week at the North Shore Senior Center taking place this Wednesday in Northfield, a free event, great refreshments being served, and a great way to meet fellow get-down-to-business listeners. You don't want to miss it. All of that information as well as podcasts from past episodes of the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship are posted there. Check it out, shalomkline.com. But that's not all. I've got more for you after this quick break. Great talent is the driving force behind your successful business. AM 560, the answer. Now it's time for your business tip of the week, which can be heard daily on the morning show at 7.30 a.m. right here on AM 560, the answer. Um, I we was just talking a few minutes ago about uh, about the follow-up and time management skills needed to get your business to the next level. I want to talk to you literally about follow-up and time management. Um, often, I find people that are so scared of their own shadow. Um, you know, I'm not talking about being scared of cold calling because nobody enjoys cold calling. I want to talk to you about the second phone call that you need to make. Yes, the second phone call. After we all have had this experience that you have met somebody, perhaps at one of those events I was just sharing with you, uh, talking to you about it a moment ago, and you followed up, you sent an email, but let's talk about that phone call specifically. You left a message and you didn't hear back. I know your mind's racing, you're thinking, oh my God, uh, they don't want to talk to me, or maybe they're so irresponsible, they're not following up with me. If you're reluctant to make a second phone call when your first gets no response, don't be. Unless you know without a doubt why someone isn't returning your call, uh, I would strongly encourage you to follow up again. Um, I find uh, phone conversations incredibly helpful and satisfying in my work life. I don't mind making phone calls when I need to. I do a lot of work by email, text message. Uh, it, is the, uh, it is the 21st century, and I'm, uh, I certainly embrace the technology. But in some cases... I thought an email might, I think that an email might be more appropriate and efficient since it's a written document I wanted to share, but all I had was a phone number. So I made a call and left a succinct voicemail message after I met somebody that clearly identified my intention and my purpose. And then I waited. After I left that message, I actually had a, there was a holiday weekend um, and I realized after that that I probably wouldn't hear from that person for a few days. But when a week went by, my mind was racing. Was that person not interested in hearing from me or what I had to share? Were they on vacation at a conference or away for another reason? Was this a particular busy time for them at work? 
or had my message been lost or forgotten? Those are the scenarios that went through my mind. So there were countless reasons for a lack of a response. Speculation um, was what was going through my head. And the only question that matters was, should I call back or just drop it? And as I just mentioned a moment ago, I keep things on my calendar and I follow up aggressively. So I'd been thinking about follow-up is key. I should, after all, practice what I preach. I talk on Get Down to Business about following up. So I picked up the phone as soon as I introduced myself. I said, I left you a message a few days ago and I heard an enthusiastic Yes, and I've been meaning to call you back. That person was happy to hear from me and grateful for the offer of that information that I wanted to share. I had a new connection that actually was grateful and appreciative of the follow-up that I uh, that I did. It actually probably made a great impression on them that I was so on top of things that I had met this person, that I had follow-up, and their lack of organization didn't scare me away that I was prepared to pick up the phone, follow up, and at no matter what cost, follow up and make sure that there would be a next step on the calendar. That's what successful business people do. I encourage you to put that in motion this week in your office, in your business. This is the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get down to business. You can always download podcasts from my website, shalomkline.com. But I also want to make sure you are copying and contacting our fantastic guests uh, this week, we had Moshe Klein, my father, from Moshe Klein & Associates, Affordable Bookkeeping and Accounting, mkabusiness.com. Uh, we also spoke with Linda Nichols of IMC Solutions, a great conversation about interviewing for millennials for recent college grads, and her website is imcsolutions.com. Great advice, great tips, and great information, and more tips and more information on HR, hiring, benefits, and PEOs are available from our good friends, the Solution Center, Tandem HR. Check them out, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. And we have a jam-packed lineup of information next week. You don't want to miss it. Sunday at 6 p.m., Get Down to Business will return to success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at this time. For the past 